Change is in an instant. And strange is just on the other side of boring. Everywhere we go, the abnormal slumbers. And whether you're living in the city, relaxing in the country, or traveling the stars, rest assured, friends and others, you're living in the Waffle Timeline. There were a few things that rolled through Tyler Carrington's mind as he tumbled to his death after a car refused to stop on a dime or really understand the basic rules of the road. First, why didn't he take another route to work? Surely he did not have to be on this highway at this time. Second, who would inherit his things? He had a nice collection of priceless shot glasses that he acquired from all over the world. And last, as a loner, Who would care if he bled out in this ditch? Throughout Tyler's 27 years, he learned a thing or two about the true nature of people. In his experience, they will only do what serves them. It was rare for others to risk their necks for someone they supposedly loved, much less a total stranger. The only way he was going to make it would be to rely totally upon himself. This line of reasoning led him to putting himself through college while working three jobs. Once he had his degree, he moved himself across country in order to find something more in line with his field. Then, he spent the last five years working 60 hours a week in order to keep himself solvent. Tyler lived his entire life this way, save for a chance encounter 15 years ago. So, you're too chicken to do it, Stacy said to Tyler as she poked him in the chest. He could hardly hear her above the sound of the cars passing by in the foreground. All that he could see was her flowing red hair and the grin on her face. Like a madman about to reveal his master scheme, she smiled with the intensity of a hurricane. She had handpicked Tyler in order to test his nerve. She decided that he needed it and that she and she alone was the girl for the job. Above all, Stacy was fearless. Here they were, standing in front of a four-lane highway, and she took the challenge as a game of Frogger. I don't think that not wanting to run into traffic counts as being a chicken. Stacy rolled her eyes as she examined him. Is that so? She said as she turned her back to the highway. She tilted her head to the right and allowed her long red hair to drape itself over her white dress. Then, slowly, she took a step back. It took Tyler longer than he was proud of to realize what she was doing. Are you mental? He held his hand out for her. She took another step back, moving out of his reach. The smile on her face widened. This isn't funny, he said, even more flustered than the last time. He tried to grab her again, but she dodged his grip effortlessly. In the distance, he could hear the horn of an approaching truck. Tyler's eyes panicked as he tried to grab her. She was close but he was finding it difficult to reach her. His heart pounded through his arms. She took another step back. In one final moment of desperation, he grabbed her arm and yanked her back to the side of the highway. The truck passed in front of them, laying on its horn the whole way. 
It was at this moment that Tyler realized the nature of true fear. It wasn't the type of emotion that caused you to wonder about your own safety. Rather, one that chills you to the core while forcing you to watch as horrors play out that you cannot prevent. You try in vain as your best efforts amount to nothing. He almost lost Stacy that day. He did lose her ten years later. Cancer blared its horn loudly before mowing her down. Like the truck, she didn't flinch. All Tyler could do was watch it happen. He felt helpless. He never wanted to feel that way again. In a way, he got what he wanted. In another way, well, we rarely get what we want at all. Nowish. The air reeked of gasoline, smoke, and barbecue. Tyler's eyes flung open as he jolted into an upright position. The last thing he could remember was yelling. He was angry. Someone was making him upset. He was on his way to work. Then, bright lights filled his view. He was upside down in his car. People were calling out to him. Then, nothing. What used to be the cramped compact car that he drove to work every morning was now a wide open room, complete with several makeshift beds like the one he was laying on. The beds were occupied by other people, people Tyler didn't recognize. Lifting himself to his feet, he realized he was a little woozy. He felt like there was something rattling in his head. He could not think straight to save his life. Behind him, he could hear the other people in the room starting to stir. They were going to wake up soon. He did not know why, but he did not want to be here when that happened. Tyler took the time to focus his thoughts long enough to head to the entrance of the room. The door led out into an expansive hallway that seemed to lead to more rooms filled with beds just like the one he was just in. As he walked down the hall, he realized that some of those beds were on fire. A thin layer of smoke floated on the ceiling. Most of them were empty, but a few had the charred remains of what he could only assume were other people. This caused Tyler great pause as he took in the situation that he found himself in. Nothing about this made any logical sense. It was at this moment that he remembered that he had a cell phone. He reached into his pocket and pulled out the smooth black mirror. After a second, it buzzed to life. He immediately tried to call Selena, a recent ex. Why Selena? Uh, she was two dates and an almost meaningful conversation. Your guess was as good as his. Tyler grew frustrated as the call kept bouncing back to him. After his ex, he tried to call a work friend and then his mother. No replies on either of them as well. With the mother, it wasn't surprising. The phone would just ring, and then it eventually hung up. He wasn't getting to the voicemail. He kept trying. He knew it was not going to work, but he kept trying to call out to anyone. He was so wrapped up in his own frustration that he did not see the figure that was now at the furthest end of the hall. In the corner of his eye, he saw a quick spark. He looked up to see a dark figure with something that looked like a makeshift flamethrower. The person had a gas mask on and had now started taking several slow steps towards him. Hi, Tyler said without realizing that these are the first words he had spoke since he woke up. I, I, I seem to be lost. The masked figure did not respond. He just kept walking forward slowly. Tyler's entire body tensed up. He knew he should probably be running. It did not take a rocket scientist to figure out that this was the person that was responsible for all those burned beds. He killed all those other people. And now, he was going to kill Tyler. The man kept walking forward until he was right in front of him. 
he lifted his flamethrower, then calmly pulled the trigger. At the last second, Tyler jumped out of the way as a large flame engulfed the space that he once occupied. Adrenaline was coursing through his veins, and his brain was no longer trying to process this world. He only had one directive now. Survive. Tyler scrambled to his feet and ran to the nearest open room as the flames nipped at his heels. It was only once he was inside that he realized the room was not like the other ones. This one only had one bed in the center, with what looked like a large man in destroyed armor. Tyler scanned the warrior, and then grabbed the tattered sword that lay next to him. It was only when the weapon was firmly in his hand did he realize how heavy it was. He could barely lift it with two hands, let alone swing it. By this time, the figure had entered the room. Tyler waited for him to pull the trigger. With all of his might, he threw his body to one side in order to dodge the flames. Using what momentum his desperate movement had caused, he swung the heavy sword down. He was too scared to be yet again disappointed in himself for not going to the gym. The blade struck the figure in the face, and he stumbled backward. The mask he was wearing fell off, revealing an older gentleman with piercing red eyes. The sword slammed into the ground, hard, and threw Tyler off balance. He attempted to pick it up again, but at that moment, the red-eyed man slammed the flamethrower into him, sending him sliding across the floor. His shoulders hurt. His back ached. He barely still had his breath. Please, Tyler pleaded as he scooted backward. He was trying to widen the gap between him and the man. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why I'm here. The man slowly walked up to Tyler and pointed the flamethrower at him again. The weapon sprang to life with a slight flame at the end. Tyler knew that he was not going to be able to dodge it this time. He tried to lift the sword, but his arm wouldn't cooperate. His adrenaline wasn't helping like it was before. Realizing that he was all out of options, he closed his eyes and waited for the end. He couldn't help but wonder, was this what he wanted? Instead of the click of a trigger, a creeping sound came from the bed behind him. The red-eyed man looked up and backed away slowly. He was visibly scowling. It seemed that in the commotion of the fight, he did not see the knight laying in the bed. Behind Tyler, the man had stood up. His armor made a loud creaking sound as he took a step forward towards the red-eyed man. Then, he looked down and focused his attention on Tyler. The brute looked upon Tyler and began to reach for him. The red-eyed man sprang into action, lifting his flamethrower and erupting the canister on the brute. Tyler began to sweat as he found the courage to scoot his body away from the carnage. While lifting his hand in front of his face, the armored man used his other hand to grab hold of the flamethrower. The metal gave way to his grip as he tore the device from the red-eyed man's hands and tossed it across the room. Shit, the red-eyed man said, a first for him, before the knight grabbed him by the face and began to squeeze. At first, the stranger struggled, but eventually he gave in. The armored man tossed his body to the floor and examined it. For a second, he looked confused, like his favorite plaything stopped working. He examined the remains like he was mulling something over. Then, he turned his attention to Tyler. He killed him. The thought bounced around his head as he backed away. The sword he defended himself with was now a distant memory. He killed him without a second thought. The words just didn't sound right. He killed him, and now that brute's going to kill me. Tyler summed up all his courage and sprang to his feet. His pain was now far in the background. 
the brute was blocking the door, and he most likely wasn't going to let him walk out of here alive. Something told him that this world didn't operate like that. Wherever he found himself, violence seemed to be the only answer. Okay, he said as he balled up his fists. Let's play this your way. Tyler shot forward in a full sprint towards the brute. He was not going to beat him in a contest of strength, but he hoped that he could beat him in speed. As the lumbering mass reached out his armored hand to grab him, he dropped his weight to the floor and allowed the momentum he built up to carry him forward. Blood soaked his pants as he slid through the remains of the red-eyed stranger. Once he cleared the doorframe, he rushed to his feet before slamming into the opposite wall. Back in the hall, Tyler came face to face with three more strangers. They were the people sleeping in the room he originated from. They all looked as terrified as he did moments before. Now, full of newfound confidence and endorphins, he gave them all a once-over before pointing to the opposite end of the hall. Only one word escaped from his lips. Run. Tyler did not wait to see if the other people heeded his warning before booking it to the other end of the hall. He lost all interest in how bizarre his surroundings were and was focused only on making it out of this building alive. He managed to find the stairs to the first floor after a few moments and took them two at a time. Before long, he found himself in a giant lobby. There were portraits on the walls of kids. Was this some type of school? Maybe an orphanage. Who would walk through an orphanage with a flamethrower? These were all the things he did not take the time to contemplate. Maybe later, if there was ever tea again. After skimming the room, Tyler noticed a door to the far east. He sprinted for it and practically slammed his way outside. Collapsing onto the evergreen field that was this place's front lawn, Tyler breathed a sigh of relief. His body was still relatively tense, but he could feel himself starting to relax. His eye looked up to the sky for the first time since he woke up in that bed. That was when he noticed it. There, floating among the endless cloud cover, was a bright black castle. That wasn't the only thing that seemed off. In the distance, there was a skyscraper, followed by a valley filled with crashed airplanes. It was only now that he realized that the building he came out of was on a cliff. Where am I? The door slammed back open behind him, causing his body to immediately tense up again. Out came the strangers from before, a little worse for wear, but alive all the same. The smaller blonde woman sustained several cuts on her arms and back. The kid next to her had a gash on his leg. He limped to the blonde before toppling over. The lady tore her sleeve off and wrapped it around the kid's wound. Thanks, Ash, the boy said while wincing in pain. Watch out, came from another stranger. This one was a taller black man. He was wearing a sheriff's uniform that was also shredded. It's coming back. The four of them backed away from the door before it was promptly torn off the hinges and sailed across the front lawn like a frisbee. Out from the shadows emerged the armored brute. There were holes in his skin from where the sheriff had shot him. This guy just won't stay down. The sheriff reloaded a rusty shotgun and took a step in front of the group. As he pulled the trigger... Several bright lights erupted from the barrel of the gun and struck the brute in the chest, sending him flying back into the building. Tyler flinched as the 4th of July display came to an end. What in the hell was that? Tyler's eyes took a moment to readjust. 
don't know myself. The sheriff emptied the shotgun while staring at the doorway. But what I do know is that that was the last shell I found in the house. Looking around, Tyler noticed the brute dropped his sword when he shot back into the building. Before he thought about the logistics of his actions, he dove for the weapon and yanked it off the ground. It was still heavy, but he was starting to get accustomed to the weight. It's coming back, Tyler said as he backed away from the door. He didn't know how he was going to stop the monster, but he had to do something. His mind was telling him to run. It was the most logical answer. He probably couldn't outrun the blonde, but he just needed to be faster than the old sheriff. And the kid, well, the kid was injured. Easy pickings. That was the answer. Ditch these guys and save himself. He didn't owe them any favors. He didn't know them. The brute appeared in the doorway again, moving slower than he was originally. Maybe that shotgun blast knocked the pep out of his step. This was it, their moment to escape, but he knew that it wasn't going to be that simple. Even injured, the brute could still wipe the floor with them. Someone had to stay behind and keep it distracted while the others ran. Tyler turned his gaze to see that the sheriff had picked up the boy. He looked back at the brute, his choice being made for him. Get them out of here! His grip tightened on the blade. I'll hold it off. I guess. He knew he didn't have the strength to swing the blade freely, but he felt like he had enough energy to accomplish one mean lunge. The brute stared at Tyler blankly. For a moment, he thought the creature was trying to understand him. Tyler pushed his thoughts, and better judgment aside, and charged forward. Tyler closed his eyes as a sword sank into his opponent. The brute looked surprised, and a twinkle of humanity resided on his face. He struggled for a moment before his body went limp. Tyler let go of the sword and took a step back. He could no longer hear the footsteps from his companions. He did it. The brute was down, and everyone got away. He turned to run, hoping to catch up with them, but was stopped by a painful scream. He froze in place before he could even take a step. He didn't want to turn back to the opponent he just felled, but he forced himself to do it anyway. Regret hit him immediately as the brute ripped the sword out of his chest and impelled it within Tyler. The creature stood up, Tyler still on his weapon. He raised his armored boot and kicked him off of it. Tyler lay on the ground. He felt wet. He was having trouble breathing. His vision was fading. The only thing he could hear was the brute's heavy breaths. And suddenly, a popping sound. In that moment, several people holding an assortment of weapons appeared behind him. A girl brandishing a pistol stepped into his view. All he could see was her flowing red hair and her wide grin. Now, Tyler... The girl stared directly at him, her back towards the danger. This is why we burn the bodies. Hi there, Bronson here. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Waffle Timeline entitled Burn the Bodies Part 1. If you're interested in the conclusion to this tale, be on the lookout for Part 2 coming out next month. You can also check us out on patreon.com slash the waffle timeline for more information. And hey, stay safe out there, travelers.